Hello and welcome to episode 58. We both have little boys that are teething right now and this prompted us to say, hey, let's do an episode all about teething and teeth and babies (laughs) who are teething because In between kids, when we don't have one who's teething, we forget. And so we thought it might be helpful to you for us to spill all our knowledge and helps and information with you about teething. So let's talk about baby teeth. Hello, and welcome to Outnumbered the Podcast. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Audrey. We're experienced moms to a combined total of 18 children. Our mission is to help overwhelmed parents find peace in parenting and humor in the chaos. Come join us as we attempt uninterrupted conversation about parenting with joy and intention. Okay, so today's episode, Teething with Babies, was prompted by real-life experiences. Bonnie and I both have a what? Nine and ten month old babies, and they yeah. are teething like wild men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Both boys and the poor babies. So, Bonnie and I were chatting and saying that when our when we don't have a baby teething, we forget about it. So we wanted to record this episode right now while we're both in the midst of it because we have tons of good information to share. Yeah, yeah. And it's okay if you forget what what happened last time too, if you're on your second or third or more baby, it's okay to forget. So here's a good good (laughs) reminder of some things that'll help you out. Yeah. Um, But to start off, we're going to read a review, really sweet review we got. This review is from Striving for Better. It's entitled Great Mom Encouragement. I've been listening to Outnumber the Podcast for about six months and it has quickly become my favorite. These ladies are the reason my laundry gets folded. (laughs) The the tips and wisdom they share are relatable, even if you don't have nine children. Yet they also have an overarching theme of encouraging moms to do what works best for their own family. They are good examples of doing their own thing and finding joy in and being proud of their families. Their humor makes it a fun listen. Keep up the good work, Bonnie and Audrey. Oh, that's so sweet. What a perfect review. Thank you so much. (laughs) Love it. Love it. And if you want to help us out by leaving a review on iTunes, we have instructions on how to do that in our Instagram profile. And it helps other moms find us and love the podcast and get their laundry folded too. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. It only takes a minute or two. So we would love all the reviews you want to leave. Thank you so much. So this episode will cover a variety of tooth-related topics. We're not just talking teething. We're also going to talk a little bit about um, kids losing teeth and some future mouth-related issues. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so some some signs of a baby teething. On your first one, if you don't have experience, you might not know what's going on. So some signs a baby is teething is drooling, massive drooling, like they're not foaming at the mouth, but like they're... (laughs) (laughs) suddenly sprouted a leak in their mouth or something. (laughs) Um, They might have a fever. They might be crying more than usual. Their gums might be red and swollen. They might have less of an appetite or they might nurse. If if you're nursing your baby, they might nurse more or they might nurse less. It just depends on how tender their gums are. They might also bite or nip while they're nursing. Sorry. And... (laughs) And you'll find them chewing on things, just chewing and gnawing and trying to work and get those teeth through. In fact, there's a family lore story that my husband's 
grandmother used to give her babies a butter knife to chew on just to help them get those teeth through. <laughs> we don't recommend that. I've never tried it myself. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Maybe a plastic spoon. Start there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so just a side note about the nursing thing is it's funny. I had forgotten that people do this, but every time I have a baby that's teething and people find out that I'm also nursing that baby, they always always say, oh, I'm so sorry. I bet that won't last long. And we're here to say that, no, you don't have to wean your baby just because they get teeth. I don't know why everybody thinks that. Um, I, well, I do know why they think that because they think that nursing a baby with sharp teeth is a terrible idea. In reality, it's very rare that you'll actually even feel your baby's teeth unless they decide to bite you. And if they bite you, then you probably know with or without teeth, it doesn't feel good. So you want to <laughs> nip that in the bud. So, um, in fact, do we have, do we talk about bite? intended. Touche. Okay. <laughs> I think we talked about, yeah, lots of irreverent humor here. I think we talked about, um, biting in our nursing episode, our breastfeeding episode. Yeah. Can we do that? Yeah, I think so. And a baby does not have to have teeth to bite you. They can really clamp down without teeth. Yes. So teeth yes. doesn't mean you have to stop nursing. <laughs> right, 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 right. And very often when they're teething, like we mentioned, that they're extra fussy. And so sometimes nursing just brings them a lot of a lot of relief and a lot of comfort. So that's just a side note. Yeah. Um, so to start, I'll share a little bit of my own experience with teething. Um, I found that teething is kind of a mystery malady. So sometimes your baby will just be fussy and kind of cranky and, and clingy and um, act like they're in pain, but you can't see anything. So if this is happening, chances are good that they're working on some teeth. And um, I've also found that for each baby, it's different. Some babies get cranky before you ever see any signs of of teething. So you won't see any bumps, you maybe some swollen gums, but they're just fussy. And then the tooth erupts and they're, and they're great. Um, for my kids, it's kind of the other way around. They don't show any signs of teething until the tooth is basically broken through. And then they start crying, <laughs> which is really weird. Um, yeah. so anyway, so those are just some ideas for, uh, if your baby's showing those kinds of signs, it just might be that they're very close to getting a, getting a tooth. Yeah. There's this sweet, sweet old couple um, in our in our meetings that we go to um, for church. And whenever the baby's fussy, I guess it's because I've had babies for so long in meeting. Whenever I have a baby fussy and crying that I have to take out, this sweet old man says, oh, just teething. Just be patient. They're just teething. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's better than the, oh, he's probably hungry. I'm like, no, I'm not starving my baby. <laughs> he's not hungry. He's just tired or teething. <laughs> my babies have way too many fat rolls for people to think I'm starving. <laughs> okay. So in my experience, Something that's difficult about teething is babies can't use words to describe pain. So that's a lot of the difficulty. They have no way to communicate to you that something hurts and that something's wrong. So um, it is. it does make it difficult before they can talk when they're in pain and they can't really communicate to you. That's part of the difficulty of, of the crying and the pain that comes with teething. Totally. Um, as far as teething ages go, this really, really can vary um, with each child. So I've heard of kids teething as early as three months and as late as a year or more. So really anytime that first year, you can expect to see some teeth. Um, and usually if the child's you know, first couple of teeth come in early, then all the rest of them are going to follow fairly early. And they'll tend to lose teeth early as well and vice versa. If they're a little bit late in teething, the chances are good that they'll lose teeth late. 
Um, so my personal experience is many of my kids uh, teethed pretty early on, um, or at least the beginning ones did. And then later on, some of my kids surprised me. Like Dean, I kept expecting him to teeth early, four or five months, and he just got his first teeth at about eight months. And now is getting like he got two at one time, and now he's getting four at once. So you know, <laughs> totally just a, a crapshoot. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, that does kind of seem how it worked with me too. My first got her first tooth at four months, but she only got like one or two at a time. And my kids that teethed later, they did get several teeth at once. So it was like tons of pain. And and yeah, yeah. so that, I mean, that's not a hard and fast rule, but that sometimes um, does follow. So, you know, with my first teething at four months, when my second came along, I was like, okay, where's your teeth? Where's your teeth? <laughs> and it's like you could almost see the whitish stuff under there, but mm-hmm. nothing came through. So anyway, with my second, I was like, hey, what's the matter with you? How come your teeth aren't through yet? <laughs> but yeah. each kid is totally different. Yep, yep. I can often see the shape of the teeth just sitting there for a while. Mm-hmm. Um and then once they start coming through, you're like, oh, yep, that that's what it was. Just kind of funny to see the little the little indents there. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about how long it takes a tooth to erupt. Because again, if it's your first or second time, or even if it's been a while since you've had a kid, you might have forgotten. Um, so for us personally, it seems like it's anywhere from four days to about a week, uh, depending on... Um, the child, obviously. And depending on how quickly I notice symptoms. So sometimes I'll notice, I'll think, oh, they've been awfully fussy this week. And then there's a tooth. I'm like, oh, I haven't been paying attention that that's why you're fussy, right? Um, But I was just noticing recently because Dean just, um, his first tooth on the top just broke through last week. So I was noticing it was about four or five days from when he first started getting really fussy. And I saw, you know, it actually break through the skin. So Yeah. Yeah. That's another thing. Um, It seems, okay, two things here. It seems like sometimes teeth move around a little bit before they come through. And so they'll be having all this drooling stuff and there'll be nothing, nothing coming through. And that'll go on for a couple of weeks. And then finally, they'll get a little corner of a tooth. Uh, The other thing I wanted to say is there is no rhyme nor reason it's not like the bottom teeth come through first and then the top teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, with my little baby, he actually got two top teeth first. And he looked like such a goober with two top <laughs> teeth and no bottom teeth. That's cute. <laughs> <laughs> he was the cutest little cherub. But then um, now he's got four teeth on the top and two on the bottom. And with other kids, I've had them get more bottom teeth than top teeth. But... Anyway, right now my baby's working on tooth number five on the top and tooth number three on the bottom at the same time. Wow. And he looks like a snaggle tooth little chair. <laughs> He's so cute. <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> okay, so what can we do? How can we help our babies relieve them with this pain? Can we do anything? Can we help them? Or do we just have to let them go through it? Um, extra nursing is definitely a way we can help them. But um, we have also found... Camellia homeopathic liquid drops are a huge relief for um, our babies. The drooling doesn't stop, but it knocks the edge off the pain and it kind of calms them like they're not so wild and upset about the crying. So the teething is still happening, but we swear by Camellia homeopathic drops. 
Yeah, I'll second that. Uh, Audrey sent me that recommendation last week when we were really having a tough couple of days and went out and just bought it at Walgreens, I think, and um, gave him a couple of, they, they come in these little teeny plastic vials and gave him a couple of those and he was happy as a clam and finally had a good nap. So really, yeah. really good resource. Yeah. You can give them, we'll link them in the show notes. You can give them like every half an hour if they're really in the inten- intense time of it. You can give those pretty often. It's just, it's just an herb, camellia chamomile, camellia, it's a flower, so it doesn't hurt them. Yeah. Yeah. And you can, your doc, doctor will probably tell you it's totally fine to do like an actual pain reliever, but we prefer to try everything natural that we can before resorting to Tylenol or something if, if it gets really bad. Absolutely. We do too. Like keep their little bodies as pure and healthy as long as possible. <laughs> That's right. So a couple of um, things we use for relief are, we'll give them frozen fruits or veggies in a little baby feeder. So I don't know if you've seen these, Audrey, I'll link them in the show notes too, but there are these little uh, feeders. They have a little plastic handle on them and a little part that opens up and you can stick any kind of food that might uh, present a choking hazard to your baby otherwise. And then you clip it shut and they just suck on it. And then they get the juice of the food out and you know it can kind of mash it up and squeeze it through these little holes. You can, you can buy them with like a silicone part on top or a mesh fabric. I've seen the mesh fabric one, yeah. Yeah. That's the one we have. I will give you a warning though. It's a nightmare to clean out because the the mesh inside is like a mess. So I might try the silicone next time, but Dean loves it. I'll put like a little frozen piece of uh, sweet potato or banana or something and just let him gnaw on that. And that seems to help. Um, We'll add some more resources in the recommendations as well, but also just like we said, extra cuddles, extra nursing. Um, I I remember the day that he was really fussy last week he wanted to nurse nonstop, but he would only nurse for a few minutes and then stop because I think it was painful to have lots of sucking. So just be aware that that they're tender. They're trying to find a way to make themselves feel better, but they don't really know what's going to work either. Okay. So molars come in later. They get their one-year molars, two-year molars, six-year molars, 12-year molars. Did I miss any? Uh, that, sounds right. that sounds right to me. <laughs> yeah. And then you get your wisdom teeth after that. I think that's all your molars. I'm sure some dental assistant will correct me if I'm wrong. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But molars don't come till they're about a year old or later. Um, Most of mine have been older um, than one years old when they get their molars. And molars don't seem to be as painful. But with some of my kids, it seems like they've been more painful. But this could also be related to... um, them being able to communicate a little better. And usually by this time, my kids are on more solid food or I use a baby food grinder, link it in the show notes, to um, grind up food. And so they seem to be a little more able to, I don't know, what's the word, (laughs) adapt because they're eating food and, and somehow it seems to help with the molars. Yeah. You know, I personally remember getting my molars, must be my 12-year-old, I doubt I remember much before that, but I remember it feeling really itchy in my gums, you know, like- Oh, yeah, yeah. Like I I almost wanted to scratch them. And I've had um, some kids express the same thing. That's the nice thing, like you said, is they they can communicate and tell you when when they're in pain. Um, But maybe it's because there's more of a flat surface that they don't don't cause quite as much pain as those pointy little front ones. Um, Yeah. But yeah, that's an interesting thing to watch for. And um, again, just- as proof of how different each kid is. So I have a set of twins and they're eight right now. 
watching their teething experience has been fascinating because one was way ahead of the curve and one was way behind the curve. So one had probably eight teeth before the other one got her first. And then the other one, the other one had lost four or five before the other one even had her first wiggly tooth. So it's just, there's a wide variety of normal. Just don't, don't feel nervous if your kids, you know, at the late end or the early end. Yeah, that is fascinating. So we're going to move on to losing baby teeth and getting adult teeth and experiences with that because that's what comes next. Um, now, somehow, when you get your adult teeth, it, it doesn't hurt like it seems to hurt a baby. Maybe your pain tolerance is higher or maybe your mouth is more desensitized from eating more food and having dis- different textures and stuff in there. But anyway, getting adult or permanent teeth, I guess they're called not adult teeth. <laughs> Getting permanent teeth doesn't seem to be as painful. So, and then some, you're right, some of my kids have lost teeth much later. Like my five year old hasn't lost his first tooth yet. And he keeps asking me, how come I have all my teeth? When am I going to get to lose a tooth? thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was my, um, Okay, one of my kids, I'm not going to embarrass her by telling which one it was, but one of my kids, actually, her top two teeth, she did not lose her baby tooth teeth before her permanent teeth started coming in, and it was really embarrassing for her. She was probably nine, and she had a double set of teeth, and it was so embarrassing to her, but her permanent teeth were coming in in such a position that they weren't pushing on the baby teeth to knock them out. So they were in front or, yeah, they were in front. Oh my gosh. Or they were behind. Anyway, she had four teeth and it looked so funny. And of course her brothers teased her and she was so embarrassed. And finally we took her to the dentist to, you know, get them the baby teeth pulled out because they had to come out. And he didn't even charge us for it because he said, one of these basically fell out in my hand and the oh. other one was was so loose because it was ready to come out. There just was no tooth behind it pushing on it. So anyway, just a FYI, <laughs> the permanent tooth coming through doesn't always knock out that baby tooth. And it, that can be kind of a identity crisis for the poor little kid <laughs> with double shark teeth. It's fascinating. Yeah, shark teeth. Oh my goodness. I bet that'd be cool to see. <laughs> if it would have been a boy, they totally would have walked around with their mouth open to, know. you know. But the girl was, you know, totally having an identity crisis about it. Of course. Of course. Yeah. And you bring up a good point that losing teeth is kind of a rite of passage for kids. And um, if they are not exposed to older kids, either at school or cousins or friends who have already lost their teeth, it can be really frightening the first time they get a loose tooth. Um, yeah. One of my kids, I want to say it was um, Finn, who's six. He lost his first tooth a year or two ago. Must have been last year sometime. And I guess no one had lost a tooth in a while because he was really concerned. He, I think he got a, like a blow to the mouth or something. He fell or something and came in really, really nervous that his bottom front tooth was loose. And I just said, oh, son, I think you just knocked it loose. It's, it's ready to come out. And then he got excited. But he was really nervous for a while. Like, oh, is this bad? What do I do now? You know? Um, and then likewise, if um, a kid is a younger one in his group of friends or family members, they get really excited and maybe even a little upset when it doesn't happen when they think it should. Like, I'm five. That's when I lose teeth. Where's my teeth coming? Why aren't my teeth yeah. coming out? You know? So just be aware that that, you know, it's kind of part of their identity as a kid that they might be upset if it doesn't happen on their timeline. 
Okay, that totally reminds me of another experience just came to mind with baby teeth. Um, One of my kids was, we have a stone floor in our kitchen, and one of my kids fell down and hit their two front teeth on top on the stone floor. And the teeth were actually damaged, um, and it actually, the dentist said they actually died, and they turned kind of gray. But mm-hmm. they... Um, they were still attached in there good enough that the dentist said, just leave them to hold the space and the, the permanent teeth will eventually pull them out, push them out. Um, but they're just baby teeth. So it's not really, you know, we're not really going to do anything about it because they're going to come out in a year or two anyway. I think the child was about four when this happened. And so um, that is just an FYI that a, a baby tooth can die in a mouth. And it's not like an experience where you have to freak out or anything because it's just a baby tooth. A lot of, a lot of things that can happen to a baby tooth that aren't as important because it's not the permanent tooth. Yeah, that's an excellent reminder. That happened to my little brother as well. He had a damaged tooth and it just hung out there for a while till it fell out and it was kind of a weird shade of brownish gray. And <laughs> yeah. um, but that's better that it hangs around because I have a little girl who broke a tooth on a trampoline. She hit the, the metal brace. Yep. Yep. And um, it cracked right in half and they couldn't save it. And so they had to pull it out. And now she has a little metal spacer because they're afraid that the yes. teeth are just going to go all wonky. Cause she, I yeah. said, when did that, you know, it's not a front tooth, which surprisingly enough, she, she broke one of the kind of back molars. And I said, well, how did, did that- she do that? I, I have no idea. I have no idea. And I'm going, why couldn't you have broken one of the front ones that's going to come in in like t- a year or two? No, she broke one. Yeah. That's not going to, it's not going to grow until she's nine. So she, so she has five years of this spacer in her mouth. Whatever, whatever. That's kids for you. Okay, so now we're going to talk about the tooth fairy. <laughs> uh, do you or do you not do the tooth fairy with your kids? So this is just kind of personal preference. It's something with your first child that you have to decide. Are you going to um, buy into the whole fairy tale concept of the tooth fairy and give them money or rewards or whatever your tooth fairy happens to do or are you not so (laughs) you guys know we don't do holidays from our alternative holiday traditions and so you can probably guess that we don't do the tooth fairy either it's just um not in our nature to make up mythological creatures for our or beings for our kids to believe in so we don't do the tooth fairy the kid has a tooth fall out they're like oh cool mom look i lost it and it goes in the trash and and that's that (laughs) but whatever is your belief as a parent that's okay we just choose have chosen not to do the tooth fairy at our family yeah and i can guarantee you there are lots of moms listening who go i wish i had never done that tooth fairy (laughs) because i'll tell you from my my perspective is I was raised with it. I was raised with a very, very involved mom who wanted to do all the magical things. So she always, always did the tooth fairy. And after the first two kids, me bolting upright in bed at midnight thinking, oh, I forgot to put money under the pillow or whatever. I yeah. thought, this is not for me. <laughs> I do not enjoy this. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's worth it. it. It's not teaching my kids anything. Again, if this is your belief and you want to do it, go for it. Like do whatever you want to do. But for me personally, I don't think there's anything wrong with deciding that that's not for you either. So after doing it for a few kids, I finally, um, we fessed up and said, Hey, if you want to, if you want a little bit of change for the pain of losing a tooth, we'll give you some. (laughs) 
So usually just the little kids. Now the big kids don't even care, but the little kids, um, yeah. well, you know, their first couple of teeth, they'll come and we'll give them a, a dollar or something and say, yay, you know, kind of, like I said, rite of passage, hooray, you lost your first tooth. Yay. So there's lots of different ways yeah. of doing it. Yep. Yep. So I, I know um, childhood is kind of a magical time and, and I don't mean to take anything away from anybody by saying we don't do the tooth fairy. It's just the way we've chosen to do it in our family. It would have saved me a lot of sleep if I'd have had that decision a long time ago. <laughs> okay, so let's address when to start brushing your kids' teeth and how to teach them how to brush their teeth. Now, I'm stammering and stuttering a little bit here because this is not my forte. <laughs> I feel like um, when my babies are breastfeeding, their teeth are protected by that. And so I'm not real diligent about brushing their teeth when, if they're breastfeeding, because I feel like there's so much good bacteria in the breast milk. Like I could be totally off here. We're probably going to get dentists hate mailing us, but I just feel like breastfed babies don't need the teeth brushing that other babies do. I will give one warning thing though. I have a child who, even though he was breastfed, he did get some staining and darkening on his teeth. And it was because we were letting him have, you know, those um, baby food packets that mm-hmm, are mm-hmm. pureed. We were doing some of those that had fruit in it. And I think he was falling asleep with some of that still on and oh. around his teeth. Mm-hmm. And there is some staining on his baby teeth because of that. So not a huge concern with me because they're baby teeth. But um, I just think like if I was to, you know, supplement with a really hungry kid like that again, I would probably make sure they drank water to ki- or nursed afterward to kind of um, get some of that rinsed out. Right. I think people make a really, really big deal about little kids brushing teeth. And I don't want to say that it's not important, but I think more important is watching what your kid is eat and what, eating and what they're uh, going to bed with on their teeth, like you say. Um, so if your baby um, drinks juice, that's notoriously bad or eats a lot of fruit um, that can kind of sit in their mouth. Um, also, I don't think we need to say sodas, right? We all know, we all know that's going to destroy right. your teeth. Okay. Um, right. And then the other thing is milk. Like lots of people wean their babies right onto milk and it's really not as good for teeth as they make you think. So just do a little bit of research there. Um, we generally give our kids a toothbrush, you know, when they're old enough to hold one, I guess, and they see their bigger siblings wanting to do it. But we're kind of terrible at it too. And I'm, I'm of the opinion that genetics play a much larger role in teeth health um, <laughs> than we like to admit. I have a couple of kids who have had horrible teeth and there's seems to be little we can do. We brush and floss and they still get the cavities. And then other kids that are super lazy and have perfect teeth. So um, again, just kind of a maybe a reminder to not beat yourself up if your kid's teeth aren't as perfect as you think, because there's really <laughs> only so much we can do for them. But yeah, I, there's lots of fun little baby toothbrushes. If you're interested in getting one of those, I think I'm going to link one actually um, that can come in handy for teething because it's like made of a little silicone or something and can feel really good on their gums. So that's always something you can get for them early on. I, you know what, I could have just said everything that you said because I couldn't agree with that more. In fact, everybody just back up a minute and listen to it again because I agree 100% about all that, about learning to brush teeth by mimicry, about genetics playing a huge part in teeth health, about 
um, the input, the kind of foods you eat being so important. So yeah, back up and listen to all that again, because amen and amen. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So my final thoughts on teething is it, this is one of those times where you might have to slow down and it's, it's maybe not exactly a survival time, but when your baby is teething, they're going to need extra care and attention, and you're not going to be able to accomplish everything that you maybe wanted to accomplish. Um, your baby might need to be, you know, just skin to skin contact in a in a wrap or swaddled or something, touching you through the day just for the comfort. So it might take extra time and effort and energy on your part, and they might not be getting the sleep they need. And so as a <laughs> direct correlation, you might not be getting enough sleep. But anyway, just take all of that into consideration because your baby needs you and and teething is hard on them. They don't understand what's going on and they can't express the pain to you. So that's my final thoughts on teething. Just be there for the poor sweeties. Yeah. And mine's similar. Um, sometimes teething is your baby's first experience with real pain, right? I mean, they have little bumps and bruises up until this point, but especially if they're early teethers, this is the first time where something is going on with their body and they do not know what it is. And they just want their mom or dad to hold them and cuddle them. So just to be aware of that. And even if, and if you find yourself wearing thin because your baby's been crying nonstop and you can't comfort them, make sure you trade off with another spouse or get a sitter or something so that you can have a little alone time to recharge so that you can then come back and be there for your baby again. Um, Again, like we said, extra snuggles and attention, wearing baby, extra nursing, um, maybe getting outside for a change of scenery, something like that. Uh, Just do your best to be there for them. Yeah. And if they are doing extra nursing, that's going to make your supply go up. So make sure you're taking care of yourself, drinking enough water, getting extra snacks, whatever you need so that you can have the supply they need too. Totally. All right, so moving on to recommendations, I've got those Camellia homeopathic drops to help them get through the teething, and I'm going to link to that baby food grinder. Yeah, and I'm going to link to both the baby feeders I recommended, the mesh one that I have, and then the silicone one, which looks like a really good idea. I haven't tried yet. Um, Also, a soft baby toothbrush, this one that I'm linking, comes in like a bunch of cute little shapes that are really fun for babies to just sit in on. Um, There are also teething tablets, homeopathic teething tablets that we've used in the past um, that seem to work fairly well. And then also a cooling teether. So I remember having one of these around my house when my little brother was a baby. So these have been around a long time, but they're like little... Little plastic links. Have you seen those? Yeah. Yeah. That you put in the freezer. Yeah. 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 And they kind of have a gel in them. Yeah. Yeah. So that stays really cold. So if your baby likes to gnaw on something that's cold to kind of help numb the gums, that those are really fun to have around as well. Okay. Very awesome. So hang in there when your babies are teething. Um, Both Bonnie and I's little boys that are teething right now are extremely jolly about the whole experience, even (laughs) though they're drooling like crazy and crying sometimes. But I don't know. I chalk it up to the camellia and just being a sweet, good-natured baby. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, we got lucky. You might not. So if you don't, just like I said, get, get help and rest while you need it and take care of those little ones. They're so sweet and they'll get through it eventually. Thanks so much for tuning in. Did you know you can help the podcast in several ways? First up, we're on Patreon, and there are three different levels to support us there. Just head over to patreon.com slash outnumbered. 
Next up, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a written review on iTunes. It helps other moms find the podcast and receive the help that you're enjoying. And finally, you can follow us on Instagram at Outnumbered the Podcast. We're always having fun over there too. As usual, if you have any questions or ideas for future episodes, you can always reach us at outnumberthepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for all your support. We'll talk to you next week. Hopefully that wasn't too, uh, <laughs> won't anger yeah. too many dentists. <laughs> yeah, I said we're never going to do an episode on dentists because then we would get all right. the hate mail. Right, of course. Uh, they make a lot of money. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm.